ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to this week's installment of the SEO rock stars. If you're listening live, it's 404. We are found on May 31st, 2016 here on Cranberry.fm. Frank Watson, my co-host. I'm Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisor. Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I had an enjoyable Memorial weekend and uh, ready to uh, share the news that's happened. Over yeah, the <laughs> lots of great stuff. In fact, I had to condense the list that uh, you had curated. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, we got a pretty good sprinkle across a lot of different sources this week. We're going to start at searchenginewatch.com. Uh, Frank and my old haunt uh, from SEM Crossfire. Go look it up. There's some pretty cool old articles back then. Uh, but from 26 May uh, uh, of 2016, uh, just last Thursday, there's an article that was published, Why E-Commerce Sites Should Use Both SEM and SEO for Acquisition. This is by Mark Haupt. Um, who is a name that I recognize and has been writing in the industry for a while. I think this is a great overall theme, Frank, and I think uh, it's, been, it's broken down nicely, the article. It uh, cites Adobe's recent Q4 digital advertising report saying that CPCs are in decline and click-through rates are on the rise, um, and everyone should uh, you know, basically focus on paid search. Uh, but then the argument is why, you know, why should they use paid and why should they use SEO? I'd like to talk through some of these. Frank, what do you think? Yeah, I, the unfortunate part about it is there's always been that reference to studies that showed that uh, your click-through rates increase on in both SEO and SEM if you're doing both. Now, it adds, the logic to that is it adds authority to your website and things like that. I like some of the points that are brought up here because they talk about the immediacy of what you can do when you're doing paid search versus you know, trying to rank for uh, an SEO term. Well, that depends too because I think that depending on how bad your SEO is to start with, uh, you can have some pretty immediate results, um, you know, uh, if you implement like some good page titles or some actual text on the page, for example. Uh, if, you know, all of a sudden your domain authority comes into play and, and adds to the relevance that you suddenly added. Yeah, I, yeah without a doubt, they, you know, you've got to be doing the right thing as far as the SEO goes to be able to get there. But once you are there, the, the use of both, it gives you a, a bunch of options. Now, I've always been a proponent of doing both, not just because of the reports, but you can actually see an increase. You know, it's been my experience, and especially now with the way that things are working on mobile, there's going to be a lot of instances that your paid search results are going to get seen and possibly your SEO won't just because of the smaller screen. Right. 
So I think, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to pick at it, but the quick results thing is it's not just in the domain of uh, paid search anymore. It's still, by all means, the fastest way to get results through search engines, uh, especially if you're starting from scratch. Uh, but, you know, if you're an established domain, you might get some quick results in SEO. In terms of the first thing that's mentioned, uh, why use SEO as well as SEM, in terms of no direct additional costs, I think that's a little misleading. Uh, he does qualify by saying, besides your time and effort, SEO allows you to achieve results without any direct additional costs. I think that is a little dangerous to say because given especially the e-commerce place you might be playing in, uh, you might have to uh, you know, get some additional costs in terms of maybe some content marketing or, or other sort of advanced uh, efforts to try to uh, you know, gain some rankings for highly competitive terms. Oh, and, and just the, the amount of time. And a time and effort, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a, a, you threw in that disclaimer, but that could be a long amount. Yeah, you can get overlap on the keyword research, but, uh, you know, even if you want to use the paid search titles and descriptions, for example, you're going to want to use your champions that, uh, you know, that have fared well from a click-through rate percentage, percentage to conversion percentage. So that takes time. Even if you're going to reuse stuff that you're learning in paid search, it's not like you can just copy and paste whatever you want. Um, you're going to have to figure out which titles and which descriptions for which uh, level pages on the site. Oh, and the other trick that I pass along to virtually everyone I work with that has some SEO, uh, rather paid search is there'll be certain terms that you've got that'll have a high click-through rate, but not a really good conversion rate. So what you might want to do there is actually use the messaging in your description that shows up in your organic results to drive traffic, you know, increase the click-through rate, because obviously there's a good call to action in the messaging, and, uh, and then be able to use it that way. Agreed. So that's a good article. Check it out at searchenginewatch.com. And we're going to jump over to Deutschland uh, for our next post uh, from the English version of onpage.org. Our friends over in Germany, Marcus and all, um, has a great article about sort of the next cards, uh, the next um, you know, level of uh, experience that uh, are rich snippets, right, uh, that, that are appearing in search results. And these are called Rich Cards, New Evolution Stage of Google SERPs. So, um, Frank, why don't you introduce this? Yeah, I mean, everyone should be, if you're doing online marketing and you're doing search engine optimization, be aware of the impact of, of snippets, rich snippets, which they're now you know, introducing rich cards with information that you can include. And it spins around what many still haven't started using is schema. You want to be using schema as part of the markup language. It's very effective. And in some cases, specifically in the movies and recipes areas, this is something that makes, makes you stand out above anyone else. It's a great opportunity, and if you can answer sort of a natural language type of search with the page, uh, there's an opportunity. Now, I know that not everyone's able to look at a computer while listening to this show, so to be very clear, and it is, you know, there's tied to schema, but there's different manifestations of what happens 
to your schema data, sometimes it could come in within the search results themselves as an augmentation to your natural search listing, like you might have some prices or something like that if you're a hotel uh, or something that comes in as an extra line in the actual search result. What this is, the featured snippet is the box that gets pulled to the top of the search results. So um, if now there's going to be specific cards, uh, you know, it, it's sort of the next evolution, right? And, and to me, um, you know, when Google introduced this, which is cited on, on May 17th, uh, which is also, I believe, when this article was published over at onpage.org, um, they, um, you know, it is obviously going to be something that Google's going to continue to feature. Uh, the, the examples that are shown in this article for spare ribs recipes are, are very insightful. Yeah, I mean, you can get, you know, user review, stars, that type of thing. Uh, and then they... It's information that's valuable about how you can go about providing the markup language for them to be able to pull this, uh, one of which is the one that you are constantly touting as the, the highlighter. You can use the highlighter inside of Search Console to uh, give some of this information. I actually played with that last week. I'm actually rolling out a lot, rather large site that has cool. 10,000 pages that we've actually used on and, and starting to get some traction. Nice. So check it out, um, onpage.org, definitely the next evolution. And, and frankly, it reminds me a little bit of the Twitter cards uh, and just the fact that it's called cards too. Uh, you know how incestuous our industry is. But uh, before we go to break, we got another good uh, post to talk about. This one's over at thesempost.com from Jennifer Slegg. Google, and this is published today, May 31st, 2016. Google, you can ignore links from scraper sites. So this is actually a, a great, uh, you know, for people that are trying to manage the links that are pointed to them, or at least that they want to vouch or are cool that are pointed to them through either disavow files or, you know, active link removal. Um, it, basically, uh, Gary Illies at the Google Dance in Tokyo, which is pretty awesome, by the way. I would have loved to have been at that. Um, said that um, you can also ignore links from scraper sites. In general, we don't take manual action on you due to those kinds of links. Now, I personally have seen that in the past come up in an example report. It was within the last two and a half years, I believe. It was about that long ago that I saw it, where uh, there was an example that was actually taken from a piece of content which we discovered was actually scraped from our own site. So naturally, it included a link to our own site within the content, right? So what do you think about this, uh, Frank? Do you think they've evolved from that, or is this what Gary's saying, but in fact, it might still work or might still hurt? Yeah, I, I haven't actually seen this part of it, but you know, it's it's something that is interesting because basically what happens here is, like you said, there's an internal link or there's a link to a, a product or whatever that the person scraped and didn't realize or hasn't changed it to direct somewhere else. And what was once an internal link for you is now an external link into you. So, you know, you if they do this quite extensively and it becomes a repetition of the anchor text that was used internally, which they seem to be a little less sort of uh, gung-ho about, uh, it, it may have an impact that way. So there, there are some areas where it could possibly have an impact that aren't directly yeah. about you know, the, the scraping and the link. 
I think the key words here are ignore links from scraper sites, right? So Google's classified those sites already as being scraper sites versus I think it's possible if you were to get one particular piece of content scraped by a, a bunch of sites, maybe that don't always scrape contents, that could slip through as well as coming up and showing like you're trying to actually syndicate content, right? Because yeah, exactly. that's where all this comes from really is, is people that syndicated content for the purpose of links. Yeah, because it would appear to be something like a syndicated article that you got it. You know, the old days, the, until they bumped them off, the old e-zine article sites that you'd drop a whole pile of had the same links then, and that would actually help way back in the day before Google changed the rules. Yep. So listen, we got to hear a word from our wonderful sponsors here on Cranberry.fm. So stay with us here on SEO Rockstars, and we'll be right back. or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right, jamming, spamming, 419 on 531. Our next article is actually in LinkedIn, and it's a, a really nice one from Neil Patel that he published on May 27th, last Friday. Uh, it's got 
1,500 views, 144 likes. Um, appears a lot of people are leveraging LinkedIn. Uh, I actually haven't been publishing to LinkedIn. Have you, Frank? I have a little, and and I, I read quite a bit. There's there's some really decent writers that are using the, the LinkedIn platform, and it's good because it gets shared to more of the actual marketing people, people in, in business, as opposed to it just being pushed out into Facebook or the Twitter sphere that you know, goes to the general public. I, I have a cousin who keeps unfriending me because I share too much business uh, news. Ah, yeah, uh, too much Facebook. SEO talk. Yeah, exactly. So Neil writes eight SEO facts most marketing agencies don't tell you, and I think these are some great sort of conversation pieces. Uh, the first one is SEO isn't as hard as marketers would have you believe. So. You know, I can see both sides of that argument very easily because, especially from an agency perspective, um, you know, it's not necessarily. I think you know, one a former SEO rock star, one of the originals, Oilman, was actually the person who once said that SEO is totally different. Um, you know, at the enterprise level from the small business level because the small business level can implement quickly and and get results, whereas at the enterprise level, it's a bohemoth to try to. Uh, you know, get stuff implemented. So you could argue that the hardness, as it were, is not necessarily the the development of the strategies and implementation uh, or uh, uh, you know execution of what you want to do for SEO, but as much as it is the implementation. Exactly, and that's plus keeping up with what exactly is involved. You know, you there are a lot of. Uh, old school things that people are passing along that aren't necessarily working, but aren't necessarily hurting. So, you know, if it's added yeah. in strategy, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're trying to be very sort of agile about what you're doing, you, you want to keep an eye on uh, some of these things. Like he mentions page speed and click through rate, your site architecture, usability, which is always a hard one for anyone to measure you know, and use of responsive design and things like that. So, I mean, these are elements that you want to keep an eye on that, you know, it's hard to directly manipulate. I mean, obviously, page speed, you can do well, yeah, and budget is what's going to dictate it, right? So I think there's an interesting point here to be made also that a lot of times uh, small business, you know, may um, – you know, may not have as much budget as is needed uh, to really have that up-to-date and, and, you know, most valuable bang for their buck uh, because there are a lot of sort of dated SEO tactics being peddled out there, as you mentioned. There's tactics being geared towards specific industries of small businesses and so forth. And, and almost, um, you know, if you think about as hard as marketers would have you believe, it's a dangerous statement because... Uh, if you know, if someone says it's not hard and I can do it for a uh, you know one hundred ninety nine dollars a month, a lot of small businesses fall into that and they end up getting basically zero value, right? Yeah, and then you've got situations where people that have got their websites on uh, a CMS like WordPress and they go, "Oh, there's the plugin." And I mean, Yoast is a dear friend, and and that plugin is a very invaluable tool, but people don't realize that. You're concentrating on how it works for a specific keyword phrase for that particular page. So, I mean, there are different elements that uh, you need to be able to use on a broader scale. 
But when it comes down to it, and if you need to, you don't have the budget, as it were, to pay for someone else, and you've got the time while you're sitting in your business waiting for clients to come in, then you know a tool like that would be very handy to go through your content, tweak your content a little here and there according to what is being suggested. And it's another good way of learning the basics as well. Yeah. So the next one is really, to me, kind of a quick hit. No one really understands the future of Google search algo. Any agency that tells you they know what will happen to Google search is probably doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, uh, a lot of good points in there around the constant evolution going on that anyone that does a CEO understands uh, and people that are getting into it, um, it, it pays. Um, you know, it pays to go back and kind of get a little bit of understanding of the history of how stuff changes. Uh, there's no secret recipe to going viral. Uh, I think it's a great kind of, you know, thrown for a loop uh, in, in these subjects. And this is number three. Um, so, you know, everyone wants to get that viral uh, infographic, right? And there's an infographic, the anatomy of viral content in this article, which is great. Uh, but what, you know, what is the um, what is the expectation there? So if you want to try to get something that gets a lot of buzz, um, you know, should your batting average be about one out of four, uh, three out of ten? What's the yeah. target there? Well, I got, I got grabbed over the weekend. Uh, Sam Mendes stepped down from uh, directing the next James Bond movie. Where did he grab you? No, I'm just kidding. Well, what yeah. <laughs> but what happened was uh, there's a a site out there, studio exec, that uh, came out saying that Quentin Tarantino was going to direct the next James Bond. I saw that. I shared that. I had so many people sharing it after me. And then someone came back and said, when I realized that I'd been played, uh, said like, wow, I wish you hadn't done that because I told a lot of people. And that's what viral is. You, you've got to hit on the, the right audience, the right, you, you know what I mean? And it, that's the luck of the draw. That's, those people managed to uh, definitely get that article passed around through my circles pretty quickly just based on the fact that they hit just the right time. Right after there was a real announcement that uh, the previous director was stepping down and then suggesting Tarantino, that was extraordinarily clever. But to be able to come up with those sort of things, you know, it's hit or miss. I agree. So uh, let's hit a couple more and then we'll jump. Uh, you know, keywords are no longer king. Um, old SEO, how do I rank for this query? New SEO, how do I best answer the questions my users have? So that's a little nebulous. Uh, but it, so is Hummingbird, right? The, uh, you know, the latest kind of technology powering the Google algorithms. Yeah, I mean, keywords, you're never going to get away from keywords. You know, it's text on the page. They're learning better as far as the associated terms that should be there, etc. So, I mean, keywords play a role. It's just a different role now with the way that they're using AI and, and different aspects of, of, you know, page rank and, and what is it, rank brain and all those sort of terms that have been coming up for the last 12 months. So, you've got to keep an eye on the words on the page, but you've just got to be a little more thoughtful about what you're doing. Yep. So we need to jump along to another topic, but this is a great article, so check it out. It's on LinkedIn.com and the Pulse, 8 SEO Facts Most Marketing Agents Don't Tell You by Neil Patel. Our next article is going to be actually a, a pair of articles that covered the same subject, Search Engine Journal and the Sempost, uh, but let's cover the Search Engine Journal one since we already talked about Jennifer. 
Um, and we see that uh, a new Google test, third-party reviews in the search results. Um, so what do you think about that? I mean, for a long time, you know, the, the reviews that you can find uh, within the SERPs, if you were lucky enough, were going to be Google primarily, unless uh, you were able to implement uh, some other schema. <clears throat> huh, Frank? Yeah. No, well, I mean, this has been, Google has, in the past years prior, used other places reviews before they started really getting onto it. But I think right around the time that they bought Zagat, they, they pretty much shifted from using anyone else's for a long time. And now that they're going back to it, I think it's because one Google plus isn't as popular as it, it's, they expected it to be. And two people look for some diversity in reviews. Uh, you're not right. going, a lot of the times when you're looking at reviews, we're a little skeptical of some of the stuff you see in Yelp because it appears like the, the owner's friends are in there pushing it up while you still have those, you know, one star, oh my God, the service is terrible type uh, reviews. So the more different places that Google's bringing in these reviews, I think is a smart play on their part because it just adds credibility to the review aspect of it. And I also think that from an SEO's perspective, that just doubly underlines and boldens the importance of reviews and getting reviews, right? Because it's it's really part of the buzz, and it's it's becoming uh, a very important brand co-citation. You know, so I, 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 you know, I don't think that they could by any means. Uh, in fact, wasn't that there that one story where the guy got a bunch of bad reviews or whatever, and he and he got a much better ranking? So there's no correlation between sort of the tone of the review, but it seems that there is correlation between a lot of reviews and uh, you know doing better, especially in local or at a product level. Yeah, and that was the glasses guy back in the day, and he had a bad article written about him in the New York Times and got bad reviews and he was actually didn't care because it was just volume of, of traffic coming to the site and, and that impacting his search results. Yeah. So another quick local topic before we go to our second and last break is uh, from the Search Engine Land website, searchengineland.com, the future of voice-related SEO lo for local business. So voice. Uh, in Google's recent developer it revealed, event, it revealed details about how the search giant is thinking about the future. And Chris Morentis uh, talks about uh, two important themes, machine learning and artificial intelligence, and three key ways to win in voice-activated search. So should we hit on these real quick, Frank? Yeah, I, I mean, these were actually one of the pieces we're doing after the break is about the uh, Google I.O., uh, that big conference that was held about a week or so ago, and they, they launched this. They're, they're bringing out a competitor to the uh, Amazon Echo. Uh, it actually looks a little bit like a deodorizer. But, I mean, voice search now is huge. And this article gives you an overview and the link that we'll tell you about in a little while about the Google actual keynote uh, will tell you a little bit more. And it goes into just the different aspects of, of how they can, you can do a search and then you ask another term and you don't have to use all the terminology because they're already recording part of it. You know, it's in mm -hmm. their memory, as it were. So it's, it's, it's definitely voice search is the future, given that over 50% of people are now using mobile devices to search. And I keep seeing so many people talking in their phones, asking questions. It's hilarious now. 
Yeah. I think the genius in this article is in that first bullet there. It says, ask your team to collect phrases customers are using to describe their problems. Have the marketing team listen in on calls and whenever sales or account managers meet with clients or prospects offline, have them make note of the commonly used phrases. This is kind of going back to 10, 15 years ago when we were looking for the hidden keywords, right, that would help yeah. to... Um, you know, drive, you know, because people never type in exactly what their problem is. They're typing in what they think the keyword is to solve their problem. So we're going to go to a break and be right back with you here on SEO Rockstar. Stay with us. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at Bruce Clay. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let ZoSocial give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to ZOSocial.com. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars. All right. Thanks for staying with us. We got one more segment for you today. Uh, we're going to jump over to Search Engine Watch, how to write meta descriptions for SEO. So it's a good, I think, basic primer uh, from Christopher Ratcliffe, uh, 26th of May, um, and describing sort of where uh, meta descriptions come from. So, you know, especially if you want someone to learn this that's in your content team or something like that, it's kind of a, a good primer. Uh, I think there's, uh, you know, one thing that I would add is that, you know, the meta description will also often appear when people share your articles across other websites and social channels. There is actually a different description you can use, the OG, the open graph one, uh, that'll better seal that deal. But uh, Frank, your thoughts on this article? Yeah, like you said, this, 
it's a good general overview on the meta description tag uh, that appears in your head tag, uh, or you can edit if you're using something like WordPress and uh, a SEO plugin like Yoast. But uh, he brings up some good points about the fact that everyone should realize that a meta description is not used by itself as a ranking factor. So cramming that thing full of keywords is not the most effective way of doing things. What you should do is write a really good description that promotes a click-through rate, which they bring up here, because the click-through rate has been suggested to have influence on your SEO rankings. So speaking of rich snippets, there's yeah. an example in this article from Moz's, which very obviously looks like they tried to do this and succeeded. Um, I just typed in meta descriptions as a search and the Moz meta description tag article that has a very long meta description that is actually all included. It's longer. It's an extra line. Uh, in the SERP, uh, it shows that you know it's a pretty good case study of how you should probably do it if you've got a definition for something that's commonly searched in your industry. So good job there, Moz. Um, another quick hat tip we wanted to give on the same subject, but we wanted to jump to another article, was from the SEM post. Uh, there's a good primer on why Google rewrites your title tag sometimes, and it's really based on the searcher's intent or what it feels the searcher's intent, or maybe if it thinks it's a more brand-oriented search to try to make sure. And I, I haven't read it because we we're just giving it a quick hat tip. Uh, but uh, apparently, uh, Gary Illies was also uh, quoted in Google Dance Tokyo as saying that they're not going to change the way that they, being Google, sometimes changes page titles. Let's jump into this next one, Frank, because I know that uh, this is a one we kind of touched on something similar last week. Uh, but uh, we, uh, let's get into the I.O. discussion on the five free reports. Yeah. So, in, and I don't know the exact date, but it, it, let's go a week to 10 days ago. Google had their big I.O. 2016 and uh, the keynote or sort of the development, they showed you all of their roadmap of things that are coming forward, part of which was their release of a competitor for the Amazon Echo, which, as I said earlier, it sort of looked like one of those um, air fresheners, <laughs> just a really big air freshener. So I suppose they've gone from for that decor look, but they talk about you know how that looks, and it, it looks kind of cool, and it would fit in most times. But then they go on to talk about their... Uh, launch of their new data studio which at the moment uh, they have the data studio 360 which is going to be a paid and from what i've read it's going to most probably run maybe one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to have access to this but they are releasing right now in beta a free version that limits you to just five reports but those reports are phenomenal because it can you can create dynamic reports in other words you can tie in your AdWords and your Google Analytics and your Search Console stuff and stuff off of uh, Google Sheets and a couple of other third-party places that they're going to be adding more on. And uh, you can create like a dashboard that will update purely based on the time frame that you put in, the different boxes that you put in, and you can share it uh, with, with various people and they can add and subtract to it and things like that. That's why I'm saying go and have a look at this YouTube yeah. video. 
do a search on YouTube for Google I.O. 2016, and um, they'll walk you through it. Yeah, the link that uh, w that you shared with me and uh, curated is from posts.google.com slash shared. It was interesting. I was curious because I hadn't seen the post subdomain, or maybe I had and I hadn't remembered. So I stripped everything off uh, to post.google.com, and it actually redirected me to posts.withgoogle.com, which is an experimental new podium on Google where you can hear directly from people and organizations you care about on Google. And at the bottom uh, of this page, it says publish on Google. Verified individuals and organizations can now communicate with text, images, and videos directly on Google. So you can join the wait list uh, at the bottom of this page, post.withgoogle.com. So pretty cool little uh, nugget in that uh, find they're, there. Uh, they're, they're rolling out a whole bunch of new things. And this, this new uh, sort of report mechanism, you know, their data sharing uh, platform looks really good. And I think you know, anyone that's in online marketing, doing SEO, doing paid search, doing uh, media buys, all that sort of thing, you, this is a, an area, and if you jump in now, you can get the, the free beta and hopefully lock in to keeping the five free reports or that's what they'll end up giving, like they have the free analytics and the paid analytics. But it's something definitely worth test, you know, trying, getting in now, getting to learn how to use it, and uh, you may be amazed at what you can pull into that and save yourself a lot of time. Yeah, be ahead of the curve. Um, yep. So we're running out of time. So just a quick couple hits on uh, other topics that we were potentially going to cover. One is the WashingtonPost.com uh, has apparently been uh, convinced by a search engine named Omnity that they're going to kill Google. So check that out. It's uh, This new search engine could be way smarter than Google. It's in a section called the switch of the WashingtonPost.com. Uh, Frank, you want a quick 10 seconds yeah, that on that one, one? That one is purely, you know, I actually played with that. It's so purely a researcher's search engine. Is it like that other one? What was it called? Um, dang it. I can't even think of the name of it anymore. It not came out to this. Not Wolf. Uh, what you yes, Wolfram Alpha. Yeah. Um, it's even better than that. There it's it is. It even says here, look at Wolfram Alpha, the confrontational. Yeah, it I helps power a little thing called Siri. It's impressive if you're doing university level studies or you want to have a look at patents and things like that. I, I think lawyers and, and doctors and researchers will use this engine because it's a lot uh, and it sort of links to pretty much the basis of where Google started about how you know, the links from an article were how they determined you know, the references of an article were how they determined linking and built out their page rank system. This is using something similar in the sense that they'll pull an article and then show you all the other articles that are related to right, it. Right, right. So you can it's do a, a lot of presentation type of base thing. So listen, we got to cut. We're getting along here on time. So I want to thank everyone for listening to us. Check us out at facebook.com slash SEO Rockstars as well as Twitter, the same SEO Rockstars. Frank Watson, have a great week. Rock on. opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Mm -hmm.